My guest today is Claire Stanfast. Claire is the founder and owner of rurally based copywriting and marketing agency Windmill House Creative. As an ex-magazine editor and journalist, Claire returned from a stint of living in Europe with one goal in mind, to grow the diverse creative assets of Australian small business owners. Claire is a huge advocate for female solopreneurs and small business owners who are looking to create cash flow and jobs for their communities and families and climb the business ladder without breaking the bank. Recently, Claire launched an online e-learning course, which has seen her teach small business owners across the country on how to organically and cost-effectively grow their businesses through social media. Now, I connected with Claire after she commented on one of my Instagram posts because I loved that she was a rural Queenslander and that she was passionate about copywriting and working with female entrepreneurs. Claire joined me from her farm in Gundawindi. And so there are a few points in the podcast where the internet was a little glitchy. And that's just part of living on the land. And I'm an advocate for making sure that we're always choosing progress over perfection. So we just rolled with it. Now, if you've listened to my past episodes, you would know and you would have heard me speak about understanding your target ideal customer avatar or targeting your ideal customer avatar. (laughs) The reason I wanted to bring Claire on as a guest is because even when you know who your ideal customer is, the challenge of writing copy for social posts, websites, ads, all of the things, well, it can be tough, right? But in this episode, Claire shares some of her advice on using copywriting to attract leads into your business, how to nurture your customers to build strong long-term relationships and the importance of clearly communicating your marketing message to make sales without being salesy. So let's take a listen. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses. I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Welcome to the She's in Business podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start by getting to know you a little bit better. So why don't you introduce yourself and your business? Sure. So my name is Claire Stanfast. I'm based rurally in Gundawindi, um, just on the border of Queensland and New South Wales. 
So what I do is copywriting and touch of small business marketing, but predominantly the copywriting. Uh, So my company is called Windmill House Creative. So what I do predominantly is, you know, website copywriting, write people's blogs, bit of social media, you know, write features in magazines, landing pages, things like that. In a former life, I was a magazine journalist, did that for a few years, floated around overseas. That was, you know, pretty fun. But then I found I really loved the small business, you know, Mm -hmm. side of things. Yeah, me too. (laughs) um, Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I, I do now. Yeah. So really focusing in on helping small business owners and solopreneurs, right? Yeah, right. That's Yeah. And that's one of the things that really attracted me to invite you on as a guest, because being that you live in rural Queensland and you work predominantly with rural and regionally based entrepreneurs... I'd love to know, like from your experience and from getting to know other rural and regional business owners, is there a challenge that comes with location that is different that you've seen from like working in the cities and things like that? I think I'm a really big advocate for remote work. I think being remotely based does not mean that we are isolated in any way. I think as soon as I moved rurally, my business has actually gotten bigger. You know, it's actually flourished. So I work in every state of Australia besides Tassie. I've worked overseas as well with clients over in Europe, but it's actually just about being involved in the community, you know. So as long as you start to connect, social media is a big part of that. So just getting involved, reaching out, getting to know people. It's a really loyal community, the the rural community and the remote community, mm. and everyone advocates for each other. It's, yeah, it's a really special community to be a part of it. You've just got to start connecting. Yeah, I love that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the She's in Business podcast. And in the work that I do, it's about connecting female entrepreneurs together and sharing stories and sharing experiences and being able to ask questions of other women doing similar things because sometimes it can feel as though you're a little bit on an island, particularly yeah. like if yeah. your friends are not business owners and you know there may be mums or maybe they work for somebody else. And so it can be quite challenging as I'm sure that you've experienced mm. sometimes as a business owner there's different things that come up. And so, yeah, I love that, you know, the rural and remote communities band together so much. Like I just, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to get into the juicy stuff about copywriting. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that I found you because recently actually um, I was talking to a, a business owner and there was a little bit of confusion around what copywriting actually is the conversation kind of went around the um, the topic of, well, like, isn't that like protecting your IP? Is that like when you breach someone's oh, copyright? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just to avoid any confusion before we get and dig into the, to the topic, can you kind of like, I guess, tell us about like, what are the different styles of copywriting and like, what is it in a nutshell? Yeah, so... There's probably two different types of writing that people most would see most commonly that I would split up, yeah, that I would segregate for people. So there's content writing and then there's copywriting. 
So copywriting is for the purpose of creating a sale. Um, So there's always an offer associated with it and you're trying to get a conversion. So that's where you would see that's like your website copy, that's, you know, your emails, your lead magnets, that sort of thing. So there's an offer there. Whereas your content writing is providing a bit of information, entertainment, and it's, you know, basically for the, the goal is brand awareness and brand loyalty. Um, basically. So just a bit of engagement. So that's where you've got like your blogs and your magazines, like your eBooks, those sort of things. So that's kind of like the split up. I do both because I just like both and, you know, like why not do both? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is there is definitely a differentiation. So just brand awareness and sales is yeah, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. That's a really simple way of splitting that up. I love that. Brand yeah. awareness and sales. Cool. And that leads me to asking you my next question because I run an online program. I know that you do too. Mine is called Ready to Rise. And I talk a lot about customer attraction. Mm-hmm. And the best leads I find are the ones that are generated organically, right? And like yes. paid leads are great, like that paid sponsored ads that we see that pop up through social media. But I feel like organic is always better. Like you get a really, a really good quality client from that. So how right. important is writing copy to attract the new customers and followers, that awareness, that, you know, that brand awareness that you were talking about? Yeah. So copy, like I think is king. It's number one. It's basically, it's your selling formula. So it's the way that you can sell without being salesy. Yeah. I Um, love that. You know, so it's not that sell, 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 which I think a lot of people get stuck in, you know, they're afraid of being salesy Mm -hmm. and it's also evergreen content and market like 24-7 without having to spend, you know, like you were saying before. So without doing that pay-per-click sort of thing. So on top of that, it allows you to kind of connect with your audience in their pain points and their pleasure points and also kind of knock down those objection phases. So Mm -hmm. when I talk about objection phases, like I'm saying one of your customers might say, oh, I might not buy your course because I can't afford it. So with copy, you can say, don't worry about that. We have payment plan options, Mm. you know, so you can do it over four payments sort of thing. So that's indirectly solving their problem without being like sell, sell, sell. So I think copy is really a part of a sales strategy that people kind of forget and it's there all the time. It's not costing you a lot of money. It's really a part of the formula. Yeah, cool. Because a lot of the ladies that I work with, they either are selling a product or a service, right? So we talk about like you and I probably have different kind of language that we use in selling courses because it's like lead magnets and things like that. That's like a whole nother thing. But in regards to like when it comes to selling a, a product or a service, like how important is it to get that selling formula right? Is it a different process? Is it a different formula? Um, it's not a different process, but I think if you're afraid to sell or if you don't sell things. So I meet a lot of people who just are at the awareness stage of the mm-hmm. funnel and they're just attracting people to like the top of the funnel, but they don't know how to get to people to like the middle of the funnel and they yeah. don't know how to nurture their leads. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the biggest problem with a lot of people is they're not asking, they're not putting in a call to action in their copywriting. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of hooking people in and being like, oh, I have a beautiful product. I have a beautiful service, but then they're not 
directing people to their booking page or website because they have this fear of being salesy. You know, you've got to ask people to take the next step to be involved in your community or whatever. So I think that's where copywriting really gives you a process. Like there's ways to have a three-step process or something like that. Yeah. So can you tell us about like, so if someone is feeling like they've got a little bit of a block in putting that call to action or they don't know how to word that call to action, what advice would you give them in putting that sale to their customer without being salesy? Like is there a particular language that you recommend that people use to do that? Yeah. So definitely I would overcome, definitely put a list together of what your client's pain points are, their pleasure points are, and start to literally answer their frequently asked questions. Okay. So if you find like, if we use the affordability question before that we use, so I would just target it like that. Okay. So never fear we have affordability. We have a payment plan option. And then you can say, click here to access our payment plan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so you're kind of breaking it first. You need to have a middle section before you have a call to action. So you answer the need first, make people know, like, and trust you. And then the call to action is super simple when they trust you. Okay. So call to actions aren't meant to be super long. Our call to actions usually are as simple as like, click here to purchase this or whatever. But the main thing is getting that body right so that people trust you and you're solving a problem. The most important thing in copy is that you become the solution to people's problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I always remind the people that I work with, my private clients and my clients that are in my program, is that people need to be invited to make the sale. They need to be invited to buy something. You can't just put the message out there and then like Mm. they're actually going to click the button. You have to tell them what that next step is. And I love that you talked about that sales funnel or that marketing funnel because you really do need to attract people to the top. And then as they kind of come down through that funnel, through your sales process or your marketing process, you'll naturally, there will be people that will not stay in the funnel. They'll they'll yeah. fall out of that. Yeah, but right. what you're left with is those ideal customers. Yeah, which I love. And that's something, sorry, Donna, that's something I really cover in my course is a lot of people, you know, they say, I can't get clients. You know, I'm really struggling to make any profit. I desperately need to learn this or I desperately need the services of a copywriter. And it's literally just that shift in mindset or it's that shift in asking people to take that step because so many small business owners are not asking them to purchase. They're just doing a post and they're literally just sending, there's a dead end. I'm like, what's the purpose? What is your goal? Do you have a goal? Is it brand awareness or are you trying to make a sale? And they're like, well, I'm a business. I feel like I should have a social media I'm like, no, social media is a tool. It's a business tool and it needs to be optimized. Mm. So are you, what's the goal? And so part of the course that we do is creating, you know, a bit of a calendar. We have a goal for each post and then just literally adding a call to action on Mm. every single one of our posts. And if it's not creating a sale because we don't want to be, you know, selling all the time, it's 
create engagement with all of our, you know, all of our current followers and things like that. And you don't mm. have to have, I think a lot of small business owners also fall into that trap of thinking, I need to have a huge following to get a lot of sales. And you can have 200 followers, but a super engaged 200 followers and be doing really, really well on your, on mm. your, you know, sales, on your profit and loss statement. So, I think that's something really interesting that small business owners need to know about creating income from their social media. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. You need that engaged audience and it doesn't need to be a massive audience. It just needs to be one that's actively looking at what you're doing on social media and engaging with you and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. So do you have any advice around creating, particularly let's talk about social media and, and creating posts that are engaging? What sort of strategies do you like to advise people on in creating engaging versus sales posts? Yeah. So definitely the call to action. I would start with what I call a hook. So a hook is an instant response headline. So we usually see those in the media or on social media. A good example would be like five ways to do this or three common mistakes that you would that you're making in business or you know those ones that you go oh my god I need to click on that you mm-hmm. know those sort of things yeah. so you can get you, literally you can google examples of those that are those really ones that you have to sort of click on so you have an instant response headline and then the body of your caption is again becoming the solution so answering those frequently asked questions or the needs of your customers. Yeah. Um, so providing value is super, super important, becoming their solution so they can see you as an expert and a thought leader in your industry and then doing the call to action. Okay. Mm. So whether that's sending them to a booking page or just saying, what are your thoughts on this? Tag a friend who would love this, asking a question, something like that, just so you're staying engaged. Yeah, um, you know, really, really important, uh, that sort of thing. Also, something else that a lot of business owners, my clients, so many of them don't do is social proof. So social proof is, for people that don't know what that is, is testimonials of, you know, your work. If you haven't got clients on your books yet, maybe it's friends that like your product or service or, you know, people that have just seen it. Or even, you know, if you've worked with experts in the field before, so other people that have tried your product, definitely, or if you've been in the media before, if you've been on a podcast, if you've been in a magazine, it just shows other people that they've had good experiences with you. Yeah. Definitely post that on your social media. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And uh, it's something that when it's, it's building that trust, isn't it? And when you see examples where other people have had a great experience, then you're more likely to also engage and go after that product or service too. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like, it's literally sales psychology. It's human psychology. Like we are built on this monkey see, monkey do, follow the herd sort of thing. And if you see that someone has had a poor experience, you're going to go no. Or if you see that you know, your girlfriend has bought something and they've loved it. It's a trust factor. It's literally nothing else. And that's just the way that we're built. We're created. That's our, you know, physiology. So definitely something that people have to do. Yeah, cool. And it just, you've just sparked another question in me in regards to that psychology. When I talk about brand psychology, I'm always trying to teach that concept of like, people will buy an extension of their own identity right? In building that connection with you and then in building that 
that trust because people look at a product or a service or a, a person, if it's the face of the business, and they will naturally be attracted to that and engage with that if they see it as an extension of their identity. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so like one of the examples that I often use is like Apple, right? People buy Apple products because they want to be seen as being, you know, innovative and using the best line products and, you know, cause it's cool and all of that kind of stuff. And so it changes that, uh, the, it's that human psychology that you were talking yeah. about is, you know, if there's a particular brand that I want to associate my identity with, you know, a fashion label, I go and buy that for that reason. Do you work that in, in your copywriting as well? Is that something that comes into play from a psychology sales writing sort of perspective? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think that comes down to branding as a huge part of copywriting. But I think the, the biggest thing about copywriting, people get tied up in all these different things of branding and how people perceive them and, and all of that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, all of your clients want to know is how you get them results mm-hmm. you know, because copywriting can be expensive. And I think the biggest thing, you know, when you're creating your content is how you're going to solve their problems. When you're writing your content, you're putting it together. It's that you can, you know, there's a lot of pain. That's why I focus on pain points, which can be, it can sound a little bit dreary, but people have a lot of fears. Customers have a lot of fears. So when you're putting together your content and they're saying, you know, I can't afford it, or, you know, they have these objections, or if you're a marketing client and people, you're a marketing coach and people are saying, you know, I can't create conversions from what I'm doing, then it's your job as a copywriter to overcome those fears. And that's how you create a conversion because then you're creating trust. Yes. They're going, okay, this is the person that I know is going to fix my problems for me. So I think that's the way that psychology kind of ties into copywriting the most is that you're trying to be a problem solver and you're giving them a solution. Yes. Um, That's the job. That's the job of copywriting. Yeah, I love that because one of the things I always say is as a business owner, you're a problem seeker and a solution maker. And it's the same with with copywriting. Like that is, you know what the problem is, you've got the solution and then you've got to put that message. You've got to get the right message, right? So with messaging, that can sometimes be tricky, right? To get that message right. And I think like when I work with business owners, they have like all of this stuff, like their head is just like exploding with, they've got to get all these messages into one, you know, caption. Mm. So do you have any tips and advice of how to extrapolate that message that you can really drive home to your ideal customer about whatever it is? Yeah. So the easiest way to probably do it, because I get this a lot when I when I've got copy clients and that they, you know, I say, okay, we we I have a bit of a formula that I generally follow, but we'll get on a discovery call and they're like, boom, here's my thousand ideas. I'm like, yeah. you know, it's awesome. <laughs> Not, you know, war and peace. <laughs> but um the easiest way to do that is to do follow what I call the benefits versus features model. So there are, say you sell white t-shirts, okay? Mm-hmm. And there are like a million different businesses that sell white t-shirts in this world. So what separates 
your business from another business that sells white t-shirts, you know, particularly if theirs is $10 cheaper than yours. Mm-hmm. It's the benefits of your business, okay, as opposed to the features. So if you're marketing your product, just explaining the features, so it's a cotton white t-shirt, it's easily, it's durable, whatever, like no one really cares about that. It's the benefits. So, you know, it's a small business, rah, 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 it's pairs great with this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you're talking about things that appeal to a person's personal characteristics and creates trust and things like that. So I follow that benefits versus features model, which touches again, I've said it a thousand times, but pain points, pleasure points. So, you know, yeah. if you're going with the white t-shirt thing again, so people might not know that it pairs nicely with a pair of chinos or whatever. So just things like that, because a thousand other people are going to be saying exactly the same thing as you, but you want to stand out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I've used with a lot of success within my bricks and mortar business, because I also have a dance studio. Yeah. So I have... I have two businesses in that when we do our marketing to obviously parents to get their students to enroll with us, it's always like, you know, we sell the feature and the benefits. So we'll say our teachers work within positive psychology to ensure that the students who are dancing with us are not only building their dance skills, but also confidence too. So it's exactly what you were saying. And from that, I think what you're getting is you're not selling as such, You're just putting the message out there and then it sells itself because of the the benefits. Yeah, and like that's so different too. Like a parent would listen to that and go, oh my God, I so want to build my child's confidence as opposed to just being like, oh, okay, cool. It's a dance per term. It's this price and they get these inclusions, Mm -hmm. you know, because there are probably X amount of people that do that in your area and like, what are they going to do? They're going to go for the cheapest one. Yes. Like it's not really, what's the differentiation? It all comes down to your messaging. And what you've just said is really special. Like to put a really fine point on it, money can't buy what you have just explained is a child's confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's really special. Yeah. So it's about finding, and I think every business has that, Every product, every service would have that. But it's about unpacking, like really getting down to what is that thing that sets you apart from other competitors. And sometimes it can be as simple as finding that one thing that you do a little bit differently and then talking about that as a benefit of what is included if you buy this thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. So... Another thing that you are really skilled at is building long-term relationships with clients. Yes, I am very lucky. I've only been in business a couple of years, but I do have some, yeah, wonderful clients. From yeah, and that's like every business should be striving for achieving long-term relationships with their clients. Because what I always remind people of is that it's amazing that you can advertise and do all your marketing through all the different avenues. But the best form of marketing is a walking, talking billboard in the form of a customer that has worked with you previously. Mm, mm. That word of mouth like takes you from just being a business that someone has seen on the internet or whatever, checked out your website, maybe seen you on Facebook, but someone that they know that then talks to you about this business 
and goes, oh, they're great to work. Blah, blah, blah. That trust like just skyrockets. Yeah. And you don't have to do, they do the selling for you. Like yeah, there is no selling in it for the business owner. And that's yeah. why getting your clients to become walking, talking billboards for you is so important. Do you have a strategy around building long-term relationships through copywriting? Like, is that like a specific thing that you do? Like when you're writing copy, like, is there ways to build that relationship with your clients and customers or is that? Great question. Very, very good question. So with copy, I mean, you can offer to keep clients on board for a long time. It's about offering, you know, regular services, I suppose. So that's, something that can be done. You know, I like to offer to particular people. So upselling, things like that. So I do try to do that um, for my clients that aren't on a project basis, which can be hard for people that are offering, you know, that want, you know, say a web package, which is, it can be expensive, you know, so they're only looking to do that project sort of thing. But I think in terms, so I do have my clients that are, you know, there for long-term contract sort of bases. And then I have my people that are there for projects sort of things. But I think what really keeps me going, you know, whether it's just project, you know, sort of stuff, or it's kind of getting those regular leads for just the project stuff is that I've never really done a lot of sort of paid stuff. I do all of my organic stuff. So I never pay for ads and stuff is that I've just really nurtured the clients that I do have I maintain really strong, you know, relationships with them and they are just like a referral system for me. Yeah. So, you know, even if they just do, because a lot of copy work is just project stuff, like I said. So even if they pop, you know, in and do their two-month project or whatever, we still always maintain that relationship through email marketing or social media and things like that. So if I have just a smaller like lead magnet pop up or something, they always stay in touch. Mm. Um, So I make sure that all of my clients, you know, no matter how long it's been since they've worked with me, they're always nurtured. They're always getting something, which is really good. So the email marketing I find is really good for that they're always in touch. And so I find that my books are always pretty busy and I'll I'll get an email from someone that I don't I don't know or a booking from someone that I don't know and say, oh, Tom Jones referred me. I'm like, I haven't spoken to him, you know, in, in a year, but <laughs> he gets my emails and that's a really nice thing. And I suppose I operate my business from, sounds cheesy, but really a space of empathy and a lot of one-on-one time. We spend a lot of time just having really personal conversations. And I really, again, I've said it a thousand times, we really get to know the needs of people. So Mm. it's not templated, you know, there's nothing like that. So it's, it's a very personal experience. It's very custom. And I think that's something that people really enjoy. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, something that I believe really works with nurturing that is celebrating the success of your clients and customers. So, you know, if they've worked with you and they've had a great result from that and you see it pop up on their social media page that, you know, Mm. they've released a new product and it's selling really well or something like that, that you then reshare it on your page and you tag them in it. 
And what I've seen happen there is then they get really excited that you shared their stuff on your page, which is obviously broadening their customer base as well, or their awareness into new new customers potentially. And that works really, really well as well, because it also works as social proof for your business whilst you're also spotlighting their business. Yeah. And I do a lot of that. I, I post my clients' projects on my page, which showcases my work, but it also people know who they are. And I always promote my clients because besides good karma, you know, like it's, yeah. just, it's a lovely thing to do. And I've, I've never had a bad client yet. So it's, it's really nice. And we always follow each other on Instagram and, you know, we stay in touch and yeah, it's like, it's a lovely thing to do. Yeah. It's a real community, isn't it? Like I think you need to treat your customers like they're your next door neighbor and then, you know, build that community. Even like, you know, there's so many different businesses out there and a lot of different, I work with so many different women who have completely different businesses But one thing that will always stay true, I believe, is that the community that you build or the culture that you build in the way that you serve. And so, yeah, I love that you really nurture your customers. And it obviously has a positive effect because they've stayed long-term customers and they refer people back to you all the time. So, yeah, that's awesome. I'm very, like, very, very lucky. And, you know, I think it goes both ways as well. Like, I refer a lot of people back to my clients which because they all have such wonderful skills so I think it it goes goes a long way and referral marketing is still one of the best and strongest forms of marketing out there word of mouth for sure so even a bit of advice for people is you know jump on those Facebook groups so there's always like community business Facebook groups and um you know you'll you'll network you'll get to know people yeah you know, and it, it's really nice to just see who's out there and yeah, you can connect on Facebook and it's just really cool. Like since I've moved out to the bush, I didn't really know many people and I just kind of got to know people and everyone really just got around my business out here and I was just a total stranger you know, yeah. to most people. And I, it's really amazed me. I'm so grateful to all the people out here that have just supported my business. And they sort of just, when I came out here, they said, oh, I know someone who needs a copywriter and I know someone who needs a copywriter. And it's really extended my business. And in turn, because they've done so much for me, I have, you know, recommended them to a lot of people. Yeah goes on and on and on and on and on sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And what goes around always comes around. So I think that's awesome. And just just to touch on that, circling back to what you said about getting involved in community groups on social media, like there's you, there's some really great groups out there that maybe like have like a, um, a mention your business Monday and you can drop your link and tell people about, you know, a little bit about what you offer. Uh, I would really encourage everyone listening that to kind of create some copy for yourself that maybe you save in your notes in your phone or something like that. And if you're scrolling through and you see in one of those groups that there's an opportunity to promote your business, then you can kind of copy and paste that in and attach your link because there's those great opportunities that are out there all the time. But sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know what to write. And you start writing and it seems clunky. And then in the end, you're like, oh, it's too hard. But if you actually set yourself up for success and write that little bit of copy that can just sit on a note in your phone and you can just cut and paste it, you can really, really expand your business that way too. I agree. And like, it's so nice, particularly when you're in that total startup mode to just 
you know, like I see posts all the time with chicks just saying like, I want a business bestie. Like I'm, a, I'm alone in my business. I want someone I can chat to. And I can 100% relate to that because it's a very lonely space sometimes. And then, you know, you get these kind of people, you get a group and then you start referring clients to each other. It's a lovely lovely space it makes business be you know a lot more enjoyable and I think it's free why not yeah why not exactly right exactly right and so I should actually send you the link to my Facebook group and invite you onto there because that's full of amazing women in business as well I'll drop it in yeah I'll send it to you I'll also put it in the show notes for anyone who's listening as well so Claire how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about optimizing their copywriting skills Cool. So the best way to get in touch with me is probably my website. I have a contact form on there. So my website is windmillhousecreative.com.au. I'm also on Instagram as well, just as Windmill House Creative. Excellent. Um, if you're driving or you've, you're doing something busy with the kids or whatever, I'll drop those into the show notes so you can pick them up from there if you're listening. Claire, this has been so great. I think you've provided so much value for our listeners today in the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore SIB. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.